At first, I was thinking it may be too early to put out this message, but I feel inspired to, and I hope that it'll help someone else. So as you know, I may tell you a story, but I'll never tell you a lie. I had recently relocated, and and I was running from one bad situation to seek solace, to seek refuge, to seek a peace of mind. And, you know, the red flags, they were there in this new town, this new territory. But they just seemed, you know, more tolerable compared to what I was already going through, or so I thought. So I came out here to have a brand new life. And what I didn't realize was that I was being ushered into the last realm of hell. Now, obviously, if you was to tell me that I was taking a trip to hell, I would not have came. <laughs> I would have been so resistant, so super resistant, because who wants to come to anywhere bad or who wants to do anything hard or who wants to experience more pain and suffering after you've already experienced pain and suffering? The first sign that I was in somewhere that was spiritually sick was my mail constantly being stolen. Now, at this stage in my journey, I'm a firm believer in as above, so below. So when things are happening here on the 3D, you should kind of know that it's probably happening in the 5D as well. So for example, your mail, right? That's your personal information. Those are personal things. Well, in the 5D, it meant that psychically I was being stolen from. Little by little by little, right? The second thing was that I tried to go to a new school community and they just put like this weird spotlight on me. It was so weird. It was like people liked me but hated me at the same time. And again, that translates to, you know, wherever I am now in the physical, reflecting in the spiritual means that now there are other entities and other Elohim that are now looking at me, right? Because they're probably like, the fuck is this kind doing here, right? And when I say this kind, I mean, come on, we've been having this podcast for a while. We know what I'm talking about. What is a child of God doing in the realm of hell? And I, again, I didn't realize that I was being robbed. I was being robbed of my peace of mind, being robbed of my sanity, being robbed of 
just day-to-day joyful experiences. But what I did notice was in the physical, I was taking way more risk, which to me is someone who is way more conservative, seemed to be a good thing because I was taking, you know, calculated risk. But what it meant in the spiritual realm was that I was being tested and manipulated to put myself in danger, to put myself in situations that would have tempted the hand of God. There was a few things that I learned now that this chapter is coming to an end. And I just want you to listen and listen closely. It's a lot of gems in this one. While all of this stuff was happening, you know, I was fighting for my rights, fighting for peace of mind and my place, fighting for this, fighting for that. What I noticed was that my podcast episodes began to get darker. Right? Like, for example, the plot, blurring. I did one on witch, witchcraft and warlocks. I did, I did a bunch of podcast episodes that when I re-listened to them, I was like, whoa, this, this shit is really dark. I don't want to put that on there. But it was true. You know, it was true, at least to me. And that was a big sign that I didn't notice. I didn't notice that it was like reporting live from hell. Because, again, the stories were just filled with trickery, deception, you know, being misled, um, you know, demonic attacks, demonic entities. But again, I thought I was just telling my story, so I wasn't really paying attention. And what I noticed was that in all these stories, granted, they were never really characters, but the story was pulling on past thoughts and ideologies that were just absurd. But granted, I think that a major part of psychosis, which is what we'll talk about next, my experience with psychosis, psychosis will pull from real-life experiences to create these grandeur delusions that people are trying to hurt you, trying to get you, they're targeting you, you know, so-and-so. Now, even if they really are, right? Even if they really are. As a Christian, there's a certain amount of faith that you have to have where when people are doing little evil stuff towards you, you just know your best bet is just to pray and get ready to head out, right? Get ready to go towards a new thing, a new life. But for me, I lost sight. And I have to be honest, I had lost sight of God. And I became so... I became so just filled, I mean, filled with suspicion, paranoia, and distrust. So I would have to say that my experience with psychosis started early July, maybe even July 1st to be exact. Now, 
psychosis is a very interesting thing because we all are very familiar with the term, right? We all are familiar with what we think it is, what we see it as, what TV projects it to be. But psychosis is actually something that is very insidious because, again, psychosis pulls from real-life experiences, real-life past, real-life past thoughts, and makes it big and huge, When I first noticed that I was having bouts of psychosis, I was barricading myself in my closet because I felt like someone wanted to break in my apartment and harm me. But again, this is being built, right? This is being built off of my experiences. You know, if they're stealing my mail, then what else do they want from me, right? But the thing is, is that every morning that I would wake up from barricading myself away like that, everything would be okay. Now, granted, you know, that is definitely all praises to the most high, but also just the fact that that should have been a sign that something was weird because I had been doing that for weeks. In my time of being barricaded in my closet, I wasn't eating and I wasn't sleeping. And when I did eat, it would be food that just wasn't really that healthy, which again, should have been a red flag. Like I wasn't drinking my water. I wasn't eating healthy. I wasn't having fruit and vegetables. Like all those things were red flags. But again, because I was so engrossed in what was happening to me, I I became a, a observer of the world to a extreme extent. I didn't realize that I was losing out on my own sanity day by day by day as this continued. So after a while, I got sick and tired of barricading myself in the closet every night to go to sleep. Sick and tired of barricading my door. It was like I was hiding from something. But no matter what, it's like I was hiding from something that just wouldn't disappear. It was there. It was watching me. It was over me. It was it was peeking on me. It was laughing at me. It was clowning me. And again, I just didn't realize it all this time. Like, I didn't realize that I was losing my fucking mind all this time. I didn't realize because, again, it's mixing real life things with these extremities, these things that are just like super over the edge. So when I got tired of barricading myself away and, you know, just really frustrated, I had packed all my stuff. I packed all my stuff and I said I was going to move, right? I said I was going to move and I was going to go to go get some help, to go seek solace somewhere else because I just didn't feel safe in my home. So every time, I mean, literally just at the drop of a dime, I would just run away. Once I ran away to Atlantic City, once I ran away to Newark, once I ran away to New York, like, I mean, just at the drop of a dime, like the thoughts would get so bad and so intense that I would just feel like I needed to flee. And I would, but the thing is, is that I was fleeing very dangerously, fleeing with little to no money, fleeing in the middle of the night, fleeing, you know, where where nobody would know, like, where I am and, and what I'm doing and where I'm going. Like, it was just so dangerous. 
And again, that is how I should have known, at least at the third time that I fled, hmm, something might not be right here. Finally, it was the fourth time that I decided to flee. At this point, I was going to try to check myself in somewhere and get some help because I'm like, this is not, this is, this is crazy. Like, even if I am really going through something, even if people really are targeting me, it doesn't even fucking matter at this point. Like, I need to get help. So when I went, I was going to go and flee to uh, a mental health facility. And it was the grace of God who made sure that I did not go. Because apparently I knew exactly what was going on with myself. When I fled to Newark for the maybe second time, at this point I was just going to leave. I was just going to go straight to a mental health facility and just stay there because, you know, at this point, like I said, it's just out of control. The thoughts are overwhelming. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, definitely, psychic, the psychic attacks was attacking at its highest level. Um, so when I went to go there, first of all, I put my Uber to drop me off to the place. All of a sudden, the guy's like, hey, are you going to Penn Station? I'm like, not really, but something just told me to just get out. So I get out. And then I'm like, okay, well, let me go, let me go take, you know, the bus to the, the rest of the way. I sit there, I wait for the bus. The bus pulls up. He's taking a break. He's not moving for the next 20 minutes. It was like literally nothing, like nothing was working out for me to get to this mental health facility. And I felt like it was because that was the Holy Spirit trying to tell me, like, you don't need... You don't need to be checked in somewhere. You need to open your freaking eyes and see what is going on. You are being attacked. You are being attacked. Your psyche is being attacked. Your spirit, your soul is being attacked. You can't rest. You don't eat. You don't sleep. It was to a point to where I was going maybe four days, no, no rest. I had not slept in weeks, at least not properly. But there was four days straight where I just, I couldn't even close my eyes in peace. So at this point, I'm pissed off that I can't get to this mental health facility because I'm not seeing what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me. It just wasn't seeing it. So I'm like, you know, maybe at this point I need to call my family because this is getting really fucking bad. Like, this is so bad. And I think... What really triggered it to that point where it was that bad was the fact that I lost my grandfather the day before my birthday. And it's like with all that loss, again, being in the, this place that is spiritually sick, filled with loss and, and grief, it was hitting me. It was hitting me so hard in the spirit that it was reflecting down, you know, in the physical and um, it's like I just I just was never the same really after my grandfather passed. Like it just solidified all my thoughts, all my belief, all my grief, and it made me feel like this is it for me, <laughs> right? Like this is over. Whatever I thought was over, all my plans is over. Like you know, fuck life, fuck everything. Like. I was just really, really hurt by the loss of my grandfather. And I'm, I still am. And it's like because my psychosis just was triggered out of nowhere, 
I still didn't really get to grieve properly because, like I said, I'm, I'm barricading myself in the closet. I'm not eating. I'm not sleeping. And then I'm by myself, right? Like, I'm completely alone going through this stuff. So when I got to the Newark bus station for the last time, I just kept seeing signs saying, like, like you know, home, like, home, home this, home that. So I'm like, you know what? Let me call my, let me call my family. So I called my family, and at this point, like, it's just, it just poured out. Like, all the secrets that I had been keeping for weeks, you know, all those emotions, all the crying and sadness and tiredness, it just overflowed. And, you know, I was just telling my family, like, you know, I'm, like, I just need help and blah, blah, blah. And um, they were like, you know, we're coming right now. Like, literally right now, we're coming. And they came to get me, which I was so grateful, you know, both sides of my family, like really, really, really was there for me during this time because I needed, I needed all hands on deck. Like, I'm usually a very independent person. My mind is very together. Like, I have a very sharp mind, but in this situation, I didn't realize that it was so sharp that it was like I was playing tricks. It was playing tricks on me. So my family comes to get me or whatever, and um, you know, at first, at first, I didn't exactly realize again that I was like, like I said that I was losing my mind, but because the situation was so realistic, I still didn't believe it. I didn't believe I was losing my mind. You feel me? Like, I didn't believe that. You know, again, me like this intelligent damn near genius is losing their mind, but it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I was to think, like, maybe somebody did try to put a witchcraft on me or or was wishing bad on me or, you know, sending me evil energy or whatever, it, is, it doesn't matter. They know that the best way to attack me is to attack my mind because that's my strength, right? Think about Samson. What did they attack? His hair. Why? Because that's his strength. Think about Jesus, what did they attack? His faith. Why? Because that's his strength. Like, they're going to attack whatever your strength is. And for me, it's my mental capacity. So when I was telling my my family, you know, like what was going on with me and like, you know, why I kept running because of the, the paranoia, feeling like people are trying to hurt me or target me or get me or whatever. Um... You know, they, they tried their hardest, you know, to understand, but it's not easy. You know, when someone is suffering with a mental illness and you never really suffered with it or you don't notice it within yourself, you're going to have a hard time, you know. But thank God that I did have, you know, family members who understood exactly where I was coming from and were just, like, really patient with me, you know. But it wasn't over. You know, I still, even though I was with family and I was with people who love me and care about me, I still felt the need to flee. Fleeing in the middle of the night because I feel like somebody's going to harm me or do something to me. And it's like I wasn't realizing that I was actually putting myself more in danger by fleeing in the middle of the fucking night. Um, And then finally one day I was just talking to my family one day and, you know, a family member just was like, God is just telling me to tell you that you just need to snap out of it. 
Like those are not those are not my thoughts. I don't know what you're hearing, but those are not my thoughts. You know my thoughts. You know my spirit. You know what I want for you. You know me. And when she said that, it brought tears to my eyes because it's like it's it really did snap me the fuck out of it. And just almost like immediately is like I, I I had to I went into like this kind of rest and recovery phase where I was like still wounded, right? I was still mentally wounded because the paranoia was is is was still there. But it's like at this point I noticed like okay you're right it's not real. Like I really am not in danger and the fucked up thing about everything that I was going through was that so many important life events had passed. Like so many things that I have, so many places I needed to go. I needed to be there. I needed to, you know, show love and show support. I couldn't. I missed, I missed one of the best days of my best friend's life. I missed a really important interview. I missed, you know, just like, just like, like going out and gathering and going out with my family. It's like I couldn't do it. I was too paranoid. I was too afraid. And I remember over the weekend just breaking down like, oh, my God, my life is never going to be the same. Because that was the one thing that I loved, which was like going out and having fun and partying and celebrating and, you know, like just living my best life. It's like whatever this was, it was it was literally it was a personal attack. It was a personal attack to bring me down, to fuck with me, to to ruin me. And I just, I never cried so much because like I said, even though the paranoia was telling me that people want to harm me, I'm not the type of person to harm you. I, I damn sure tried my best not even to harm people with my words. Even though I could, I tried my best not to because I don't like that. Like, I don't like drama and chaos. But... It's like it wanted me to have a problem with somebody. It wanted me to have conflict. It wanted me to have beef. It wanted me to look at people like they hated me and that they wanted to harm me and attack me. It's like it it wanted me to really act the fuck up. But again, because my mental capacity is actually my strength, is like I had to go into a mental reserve to overpower this shit. Right, because if you're telling me that so and so wants to fight me and wants to kill me, now I'm looking at so and so funny. You feel me? But again, the moment that I realized, like, no, this shit is fake. This is fake. This shit is fake. Because at the end of the day, let's be real. If somebody had a problem with me, I would know about it. Why would every single person now have a problem with me? Want to jump me? Want to beat me up? No. Whoever sent this energy to me probably hates me and wants to jump me and beat me up or whatever. And, and the entities who who are doing this shit to me, you know, hate me and want to beat me up and kill me. But at the end of the day, them and no one else cannot touch me. You cannot touch the anointed. That word was so real that the sister from the church literally just called me as I was saying that, that none of this stuff is real. Even the devil knows, touch not the anointed ones.
even the devil knows, touch not the anointed one. And when I, when I think of the entire experience as a whole, I realized, I realized that I realized that I had been given my power away. You see, I have been focusing more on the negative things than focusing on the positive things. I have been given my strength and my energy to negative things, negative situations, negative people, negative circumstances, and lacking on the positive, lacking on the good things that God has for me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans for you are to prosper you and not to harm you, right? God wants what's best for us. God wants what's best for me. But when you are in the spiritual battle, because to be honest, I'm not going to hold y'all. This, this transitioned so smoothly that I almost didn't see. And I almost lost my mind never to have it again. By the blood of Jesus by the sacrifices of Jesus, the sacrifices of all of the forefathers, I was saved because God has a bigger purpose for me. God has a bigger plan for me. And again, even though there are some things that I just, I can't get back, there are some times and some experiences that I miss that I can't get back. I know that God will make a way I know that God will provide forgiveness and understanding. I know that my reputation will not be tarnished because of who I am prior to this is solid and who I am after this is still solid. The thoughts were so bad that it was telling me that if I, if I go here, everything is going to wrong and everyone's going to hate you. If I go there, this, and if I do that, this and that, to a point to where I just felt like I was running in a prison. My own mind became a prison and I was the only prisoner. But that is because I was giving my power away. I was providing loopholes for the enemy to enter into my life. I didn't realize, I didn't realize where I was going wrong and what I was doing wrong. But it's to the point to where at this point, I'm cutting out everything cold turkey and I'm not going to look back. A true intuitive is always an intuitive, no matter what, no matter what tools, no matter what divination. If you were real intuitive, you could pull off of just life. And that's what this experience had shown me. Because I didn't use anything to figure my way out except God. 
and God using the Holy Spirit and using his people as conduits to get the message to me, the message that needed to get to me because it needed to save me because I was leading myself down a very dangerous, dark path that I almost didn't get myself back from. I want to break this ending into two parts. One, if you are the person who is experiencing psychosis, it is extremely important for you to remember scripture, remember God's promises. You see, psychosis is a situation of the unseen. These dark entities and spirits and and demons, they are unseen. They may use people to do their work, but that only lasts for but so long. It is important when you experience psychosis that you stay as close to God as possible. One thing that I will share throughout my entire psychosis experience was every night, and I mean every night, and something that is going to be a tradition for me, is I prayed Psalm 91 every single night. And on the night that it got the most intense, I prayed it seven times in a row. Pray for God's protection over your mind, over your home, over your temple, over your family. Pray and ask God to help you, to help you see the way, to help you see Am I tripping? Is this real? Or can I just fall back and give this battle to you, God, and focus on the good things while you, you revenge my enemies? You, you make sure that, that they stop stealing my mail. <laughs> you make sure that I'm safe in my apartment. You make sure that they surveilling me and, and that they put themselves in a snare because their surveillance is going to show that You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to trust God. You have to put it right back in God's hands. When the devil or the enemy or your lowest self or whatever tries to drag you, literally drag you back to a place that you've already got yourself out of or tries to drag you into this dark territory that you know all too well, you have to remember God's promises to you. God knows what's best for us. You have to remember that you're not alone. If you try to fight these demons by yourself, they laugh at you. They laugh. They're like, bro, look at this. Look at, look at this girl. She's going crazy. Look, she's fighting herself. She's talking to herself. She's mad at herself. Oh, look, now she's mad at innocent people. <laughs> right? But when you really look at them and you say, you know what? Y'all actually right. I'm going to let God handle y'all. I'm going to let God spin the block on all of y'all. I'm going to let Jesus and Archangel Michael come slice and dice y'all niggas the fuck up. When you really give God back the power over the situations in your life and you get out the way, God will save you. Because God saved me. Now, granted, it is some little remnants, right? So it's not going to be an overnight recovery. This, was, this, this has been happening to me for weeks. 
the first, first majority of the weeks, I didn't even notice that it was happening. Right? But it doesn't matter. Hold on to good thoughts about people, places, and things, even if they're not. Even if you know that they're not. It doesn't matter. The moment that you start feeding these demonic thoughts, they use that against you. They use that against you. The moment that you start feeding it, the moment that you remember how somebody hurt you, the moment that you remember how somebody played you, the moment that you remember that they turned their back on you, is not the time. Psychosis is a spiritual battle because you have to use your mind to fight back. When the dark thoughts come, think about light stuff. Think about good things. When, when, when the, the devil or the enemy tries to tell you negative things about people, places, and things, remember that the devil is a liar. Remember that even though, even though people may not be perfect, people are still God's people. They still deserve a chance. And it's not for us to be the accuser, which is one thing that saved me in my, in my experience because I refuse to accuse people of anything. I would think it and I would say it out loud to myself just to, you know, get it out. But I would not accuse anybody of anything. I would not take out my harm, my anger, my sadness on anyone because I remember that the devil is a liar. The devil is a great deceiver. Where there is confusion, there is the evil one and God is not present. And there was nothing but confusion. Right? So... It's very important for you to remember and hold on to the Most High in those times because God can fight better than you, faster than you, stronger than you. But you just have to hold on to the good things. And yes, it is a fight for you. It's a battle because it's hard. Because all around you, you may see nothing but bad. Bad here, bad there, bad here bad there. And sometimes it serves as a confirmation bias, right? It's like, oh, look, see, I told you that person didn't like you. Look how they looked at you. Oh, look, see, I told you that person didn't, didn't, didn't want you or they don't care about you. Look how they're looking at it. Look how they're treating you. And the next thing you know, you're going, you're going off on this person for nothing. This person could have, could, this person could be going through the same thing as you, just maybe not on a grand scale, but you know, hold, hold yourself down, hold it down. Give it to God and remember that we are not to be the accuser. We are not to point fingers at people. So, for example, even with my mail being stolen, I never exactly could point fingers at who the fuck is stealing my mail. I don't know. I could take a wild guess, but I don't know. And if I'm accusing somebody, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, there's nothing wrong than a wrongful conviction of another. It was God who was with me the entire time that I had a psychosis, mental breakdown. God. Now, like I said, the remnants still remain. It's not very easy. I don't know how long it'll take for me to, to, to fully recover, to fully get myself back. But I learned so much. And I hope that you've learned something from this as well. The second part, 
for those who are dealing with someone who has psychosis or is suffering from psychosis, whether that be acute or chronic, this person is still a person. They are the same loved one who was there just two hours ago, two days ago, two weeks ago, two months ago, two years ago. They're the same exact person. It is super important for you to just just be strong, even if you're not. If this person is, is calling and texting and reaching out for help, even if they're right, don't, don't agree too much because then you feed into the Delulu and, and it gets worse. But stand strong, be, be, be patient, be kind. It can happen to any one of us at any moment. Be patient, be kind, show the fruit of the spirit to this person. Put on your own Ephesians 6 armor so that you may help them put on theirs. I had someone very special to me remind me to put on my armor, right? To protect myself, to guard myself in a spiritual battle. And that helped me greatly because, again, it was like all the things that I knew about God and knew about the scripture is like during the psychosis, I completely forgot about it. But to have loved ones who love God and are connected to God remind me it was like the greatest, just the greatest thing that I could ever ask for. Um, and just be careful, you know, be careful what you say. Some of the things that you say can really make a person or it can break a person. When someone is already in a vulnerable state of mind, just know that they're already vulnerable. So to say anything too harsh, that could really break somebody down and make the condition worse and make them feel like, you know, they're defeated. Speak life into people, not death, not an ending. Speak a beginning. And just remember that that person is just going to appreciate you so much. Even if, like I said, if they have anything like what I was going through where I just wanted to get up and run, get up and leave, go flee from everywhere. I mean, I'm running from state to state. Like, that's how fucked up this shit was. And nobody could really understand, you know, because it wasn't their fight. But when I came back, and they still showed me love. They still prepared food. They still broke bread. They still treated me like a human being. Those are the things that I'll always remember and cherish because I wasn't myself. So they didn't have to treat me that way because I wasn't myself. But their love was so transcendent that even when I would come back after running away, if, even if they didn't understand, they were still there and still supportive. So just remember that, you know, remember that people need that. 
They need that love and that support from you. And I just want to close it out with a prayer because Lord knows this was a time, honey. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. As thy is thy kingdom, thy power, and thy glory. Forever, there shall always be a world without end. In Jesus' name, in the Most High's name, in Yahweh's name, we come together and we pray and we thank God for the strength to fight, the strength to hold on, the strength to remember who we are, the strength to remember God's word, the strength to hear the encouragement that surrounds us, either by God, the Holy Spirit, the angels, the ancestors. It's truly a gift from God to go through hell and make it out alive. So, amen. I love you all. And until next time.